You're listening to Do the Damn Thing, episode eight. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Do the Damn Thing podcast. My name is Liz Heron, and I am your personal cheerleader, helping you get off your butt and on your way to trying something new, facing your fears, or realizing your dreams. No matter what your damn thing is, whether it's asking for a raise at work, organizing your house, getting out of that toxic relationship, or pursuing your passion project, this show will provide you with real-world, tangible tips and inspiration so you can live the life you deserve. If you're ready to do the damn thing, then you have come to the right place. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now let's jump in. Hi, friend. Do I have a treat for you today? In this episode, I'm talking to my friend, Rebecca Metz. If you watch TV, you have probably seen her work. Rebecca is best known for her roles on Showtime's Shameless and FX's Better Things. She's currently the only adult cast member in the new Disney Channel show, Coop and Cammie Ask the World, where she plays the single mom to the title characters. I met Rebecca a few years ago at a dinner party and was immediately drawn to her sense of humor and infectious energy. She is a brilliantly talented actress, and our conversation is a juicy one. We talk about tenacity and pursuing your dreams and why it's okay to set aside some dreams as well. I am so inspired by Rebecca, and I hope you are too. Drop me a line on Instagram or in the Facebook group and tell me your favorite takeaway from this episode. Now, let's do the damn thing. Thank you so much for um, taking the time to be on the show. I really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. I'm in on hiatus this week. I'm feeling very relaxed. I'm glad. Yes. Thank you for being flexible about when we could do it. Yeah, yeah, of course. So yeah, so what are you on hiatus from? Because I know I feel like you're on everything. <laughs> you've had so many shows. I'm so glad it seems like that. I'm on um, hiatus from this Disney Channel show that I'm working on called Coop and Cammy Ask the World, which premieres on Disney Channel October 12th. And I'm the mom. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. Well, cool. Well, um, so I I know we met at a dinner party like four years ago. And um, I think at, right after that is when I saw you in the musical The Behavior of Brodus here in L.A. Yes. And I was yep. so blown away by your talent. And like I said, like now it seems like every time I turn on the TV, you're there. So <laughs> <laughs> from like This Is Us to Shameless to What yep. Better Things and now the Disney better Channel. Things, yeah. Yeah, I'm everywhere, bombarding you constantly. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, for those of the for those of you know the listeners or whatever that don't know you, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started and all that fun stuff? Sure. So, um, I, I'm Rebecca Betts. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I grew up in New Jersey. Not at all to anybody in the industry. My parents um, both sing. Semi-professionally, I would say, but they did it as a hobby. They had normal jobs. They were teachers and then other things, software engineers and stuff. Um, but so they always pursued music in their kind of spare time. And I would, when they needed kids, I would do stuff and I would go to their performances. And so there was, you know, I grew up around the arts, but not in any sort of households where pursuing it professionally was a thing that you did. But um I figured out pretty early that that's what I wanted to do. I mean, my parents tell me that I went through phases of like wanting to be a veterinarian or something, but um, for as far <laughs> as back as I can remember, I was going to be an actor. And um, I went to, you know, all the performing arts camps and there was a performing arts magnet program at my high school. I went to um, drama school for college. I got into Carnegie Mellon, which is a very prestigious acting program in Pittsburgh. 
Um, so I did that. And then when it was time to graduate, it was kind of New York or LA. And I, I knew I didn't, I knew I didn't want to go to New York. I thought I could, I'm from New Jersey. I could always go back. Um, now's the time to kind of make a big leap. And I was, it was in the late nineties. So it was right around the time that the Sopranos was coming out and TV was starting to become what it has become. Yeah. And, um, I was just really excited by the idea of doing doing something a little bit different, trying television. Also, after four years in Pittsburgh, I got off the plane in LA to do our showcase and was like, this weather is much nicer than Pittsburgh. <laughs> I think I'll do this. Yeah, I was gonna say that's exactly how it, it worked for me from being from Queens, New York. And as soon as it was oh, like, yeah. oh yeah, I don't want to do winter anymore. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I went back um like two weeks after I moved here, I flew back for something at home and uh, it was September. And I remember getting off the plane and being like, I don't know how people live this way. <laughs> like I lost my tolerance to the cold immediately, <laughs> immediately. And my dad asked me sometimes, don't you miss snow? And I'm like, not, not even a little bit yeah. for one second. Never. Yeah. I do not miss slush. Like snow is really pretty Ugh. and slush is the worst. <laughs> Yeah, but we used to go back. My husband's mom was living in Pennsylvania. Now she's out here. But when she was, we would go back east for the holidays every year. And I just remember standing there once, getting ready to go back to the airport, waiting for my dad to unlock the car. And it was like sleeting on my head. And I thought, like, I paid a lot of money to come here from a place where this (laughs) literally never happens. What am I doing? Oh, my gosh. So you moved out here and, and you never, you never went back besides, you know, or you never thought about going back to live there. And no, no. I went back. I did a, um, a show in New York, the New York Fringe Festival one year, which was really fun. And I would love to go back and do Broadway or off Broadway, go back for work. But um, I don't foresee myself scrapping it all in LA and moving back to New York to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> seem likely. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, were you able to find work pretty steadily right away or is that something that's kind of grown? Not as an actor. I found all (laughs) kinds of day job work. Well, yeah, Um, there's been a lot of talk lately about creatives and the the day jobs or signs that they take. And um, so what what were some of the ones that you had? Oh, gosh. I'm really glad this conversation is happening because I th- I hope it's making people realize what the life of an actor is actually like, yeah. as opposed to what people I think imagine or fantasize that it's like. Or if they think that you, because you did one job or you're on a TV yeah. show one time you know, 25 years ago, that you're set for life somehow. Yeah. I mean, we have mutual friends from Disney mm-hmm. um, where I day jobbed for 11 years in office jobs, totally... Um, unrelated to entertainment. And I remember, um, I, I had a guest star on Nip Tuck, which was kind of one of my first big, big things that people really recognized me from. And I, I came into work the next day and people were like, what are you still doing here? And I was like, <laughs> how much do you think those things pay? I can't, I can't quit my job for yeah. one guest star gig, but people don't really understand that. So when I came here, I mean, I did all this stuff actors do except waiting tables. Cause I'd already learned that I was bad at that. And it was not <laughs> food service is not my forte. I tried telemarketing. I did a lot of assistant office assistant work, which is how I got to Disney through temping. And then, uh, so I was an executive assistant for a long time. I moved into customer service. I did online community management. I did some freelance writing. Um, 
whatever. For me, I found that office work, at least where I was, people thought it was novel that I was an actor. They weren't kind of exhausted by it. So I was lucky enough to be in places where they would let me occasionally go to auditions. And by the time auditions became frequent enough that it was a problem, I conveniently got laid off from Disney for the second time. <laughs> and and uh, for a couple of years, I found work from home remote work in online community, which is what I was doing before. And then, um, then I got laid off from that. <laughs> and, and, uh, my husband and I, it was when the economy was bad, you know, from, from, I guess from 2010 to 2013, my husband and I took turns getting laid off every year for four consecutive years. Oh my gosh. It was, it really sucked. And, um, and at what turned out to be the end of that, we sort of went, you know, we have these jobs because these are supposed to be our stable, secure, reliable jobs. And if they're not actually stable, secure, and reliable, if we're going to have to put up with all this uncertainty and drama, why don't we put up with it trying to do what we actually want to be doing? And so after the layoff from the second job, I decided to try and make it just acting. And it worked. And my husband did the same thing. He He's a journalist and he decided to focus on being a journalist instead of the support jobs he was doing. And it worked for him too. Yeah, I should say. Well, can you talk about all the shows that you're on now? Where can we, where we can find yes. you? So um, right now there's Coop and Cammy Ask the World, which like I said, starts October 12th on Disney Channel. And then I am uh, working on season three of Better Things, which is a show on FX that I'm I'm obsessed with. And sometimes forget that I get to be on because I love it so, so good. much. Um, it's really, really special. And um, so I'm balancing those two things. I was on Shameless for three years. That's kind of the first job that after after being done with day jobs, I got a recurring role on Shameless that went for three seasons. And um, that was really exciting. And we were trying to get me back on. They, they wanted to have me back this season. But um, being on three shows at once is a little too complicated. I was really hoping we were going to be able to pull it off, but it didn't happen. That's a really nice problem to have. It is a really nice problem to have. I had to keep <laughs> reminding myself of it when I was heartbroken that it wasn't going to happen because that job is so much fun and that show is so much fun to work on. But uh, yeah. so right now it's, it's a uh, Coop and Cami and better things and whatever else I can squeeze in in my hiatuses. <laughs> I know, like I said, it's been so fun to just kind of see you pop up on things and and be like, hey, there she is. And then there's reruns, which I never know are going to happen. So oh, that's I did. Yeah, I did an episode of This Is Us. And I mean, a long list of credits when I was day jobbing that pop up once in a while. And so I'm always getting, you know, texts from people going, I just saw you on <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Criminal Minds. I just saw you on Marin. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So was was do, was making that decision to kind of pursue acting full time, pursue that full time? Was that mm -hmm. the scariest leap you've ever made? I mean, how like what were you, or was it just kind of like, well, we might as well, right? Like yes and no. It was, it was scary, but it was also kind of uh, the thought of trying to find another day job that I didn't really want to do, probably for less money. Um, it it hurt my soul. You know, it was, 
in a way really scary, the idea of supporting myself solely as an actor, because I had tried it before and it had not worked. Mm-hmm. But it was also kind of incredibly sort of, it was a, a huge relief to to say, I'm, I'm going to stop working so hard for something I don't want, which is really soul sapping, you know, like yeah. I couldn't face the idea of prepping for another interview for a job that if I was being honest, I would say, I don't really want this job. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, so yeah, it was scary, but it was also a great feeling to think I'm going to spend all of my effort and energy on something I actually want. I think that's a really powerful and joyful thing. Did you give yourself a timeline or anything? Some, other, some people will say, like, okay, I'm going to focus on this for a year and see what happens. I didn't because at that point I knew I'm in a, I'm in this for life. Like if I was going to give it up, I would have given it up by now. And I, there was a period when I was at Disney when sort of in the, in the real depth of the economic collapse around 2008 that um, I was told I couldn't go on auditions anymore. And I got clinically depressed. I had to go. Yeah, I had to go on uh, an antidepressant because it uh, it got me into a really, really, really dark place. And I've known for a long time that um, when I wasn't acting consistently, I need to find some way to exercise my creative energy because it's kind of intrinsically tied to my mood and to anxiety. Like it's it's pretty fundamental to who I am. I need to be able to do something creative pretty consistently and consistently in my life. So, um, there was no time limit because I'm going to be doing this forever. It was just a matter of like, let's figure out how to make this work. I met with, um, I called up a bunch of friends of mine who I felt like were a little bit ahead of me career wise, who were working consistently, who were working primarily or solely as actors just to say like, what is it that you're doing that I'm not doing? Is there anything, you know, that I need to know? And they were all like, you're doing everything that we're doing, if not more than we're doing. So there's no reason this isn't working for you, Uh, which was, you know, validating in its own way. And I think, I think really to some degree, I needed to clear out enough space in my life for the acting to have room. Like, once I stopped doing other things, acting filled in that space, if that makes sense. I think, yeah, I'm not a super woo-woo person, but I really do think that opportunity fills the space you give it. And I wasn't giving it a lot of space. And I, I felt that frustration for years. And so once I finally said, that's it, I'm done. I'm going to create a void and see if the universe will fill it. That's when it happened. And that's not, I think, a coincidence. And do you think that's, is that something that's different from you mentioned that there was another time when you tried to kind of make acting one your 100% full-time job, but it didn't quite pan out. Mm-hmm. What was the, I mean, what was the difference do you feel like between those two times? I mean, I think the difference was there's the manifesty woo woo, the universe will provide mm-hmm. kind of side of things. And then there's the practical side of you have to have done the work. I hadn't done enough of the work then I had trained. I had the talent and the ability and all the training and I'd spent years and years getting ready, but I hadn't done the sort of building personal relationships, getting really specific about what my goals were and how to get myself closer to them, having the right marketing materials, having everything, all the practical, hard business stuff ready. Um, I hadn't done that before or I hadn't done it enough. Um, and, And in all those years of day jobbing, I took every spare moment 
to do that. I did a lot of casting workshops. I sent a lot of postcards. I did a lot of, you know, just hustling. Um, and so, so by the time, you know, I was what, 17 years into being here, then I was ready. Then I had everything lined up and the, the, there's, there's this quote that gets attributed to Seneca that says luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Oh, I love that one. Um, yeah. So the, I think, I think of the opportunity side as the kind of cosmic, you know, creative void in the universe will fill it kind of thing. The preparation side, you have to also have, if, if that's not there, it's not going to work. So both of those things were happening when I finally quit my day job. And do you think it was also like to the point of you were saying earlier, like TV and this kind of renaissance that's happening. Like, I feel like that's also like the timing of that and all these other opportunities uh-huh. within, right. There's like network, there's no more that like, Oh, here's your three channels and, and some cable channels. Yeah. It's so much more yeah. broad. There's a lot more variety out there and a lot more. I mean, I think another thing that happened around that time was that for a long time, I kind of took the approach of trying to figure out what I was right for you know, with quotes around that, like mm-hmm. trying to figure out where the industry wanted me to be. And I thought I was right for sitcoms and, and all of these things. And it was actually that Nip, Nip Tuck job. You know, it's a show about plastic surgeons in Miami. It, it, if there was a list of shows that I was not right for, <laughs> I would have put that at the absolute top. And when I booked that job, it was by far the biggest, most high profile thing I had done. And I thought, okay, well, I obviously don't know what I'm right for. So I'm going (laughs) to stop worrying about that because I'm bad at it. And I'm going to focus on what I like. I'm just going to focus on what I would like to do. And I think that was a hugely powerful decision because just in terms of attitude, I stopped worrying about getting it right or trying to please someone else. And just, again, started putting my energy into what I actually wanted, which is like weird, gritty, single camera shows like Shameless and Better Things. And, you know, I think if when I look at my credits after that point, they start to be a lot more consistent with my actual tastes. Which then, you know, on the practical side, again, guides you towards, I want to meet people who have the same sensibilities that I have, who are more likely to appreciate the kind of work that I do. And so then you're meeting the right people for what you want. And it, and it, it all starts kind of falling into place. So what, um, what are the roles, I mean, that you're drawn to? What are the ones that pique your interest? Um, I, like, I like a kind of combination of comedy and darkness. I think you know, one of the things that has happened to television is that it stopped being for for a long time. It was, you know, a show was a comedy or it was a drama. And that was kind of all there was to it. And you might have, you know, a comedy might have a very special episode where something sad happens. There might be one funny character in the drama, but they pretty much stuck to their genres. And in the last, you know, 10, 15 years, there's been a lot more crossover, like better things is a comedy. It's a half hour. It's really funny. But you sob through entire episodes <laughs> and you know shameless has bounced back and forth in the emmys from being a drama to being a comedy like it's got really serious content about class and economics and emotional you know it's 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 a really serious show but it's not game of thrones and it's yeah. hilariously funny a lot of the time and i i think um life is kind of like that it's usually not all funny or all serious you know, we're, we're laughing and crying at the same time. So I'm really drawn to projects and roles that, that reflect 
that reality and that reflects sort of the complexity of how life often is. And I think I get hired to do that a lot. I'm often hired to be the person who brings some levity to a serious situation or the person who bursts into tears in the <laughs> middle of something funny. So I think that's, fortunately, I'm drawn to what I'm good at, I guess. I'll say. <laughs> um, what um, what advice would you give to someone who's kind of maybe like at that that threshold of like, do I keep on the day job path or keep kind of the, the safe job or do mm-hmm. I kind of go all in or like, or, you know, you know, kind of like that. Are you abandoning the dream or are you kind of going mm-hmm. all in for it? Like what advice would you give to someone who's making that decision? I mean, I think one way or another, you have to try something to find out. The only way to know is to try. It's, I wouldn't recommend someone making them some self homeless in pursuit of being just an actor. There's no, you know, there's no glamour in living on the street, hoping for that job that's going to take you over the edge. Um, there are people who've done it and more power to them. That's not for me. Like I'm incredibly grateful (laughs) to my day jobs for the fact that I could pay my rent and have health insurance for all of those years that I couldn't support myself as an actor. I, I can't tolerate as much uncertainty and straight out poverty (laughs) as some artists and actors can. Um, So for me, I waited probably longer than some other people would to quit and try to just make it as an actor. I think you have to know yourself. Probably there's going to be people who are going to do what I did and try a few times to see if they can make it just doing what they love yet, or if they need to keep putting in more legwork. Um, And then there are some people who are going to come to the other conclusion and go, you know what? I don't feel like doing this anymore. I would like some stability. I would like some predictability. I don't want all the heartbreak. Um, I'm just going to have a normal day job. And I think there's like, there's no more pride or success in making it as an actor than there is in giving it up. I think those two decisions or those two sort of milestones are equally significant and laudable like my friends who have quit and ended up happy and living the life they want um i'm just as impressed with them and proud of them as i am with my friends who have slogged through and eventually made it because you know it's just committing to something committing to whatever's going to make you happy in your life it doesn't matter what it is you know if that makes sense i think you just have to be honest with yourself and keep trying and commit fully to whatever it is you're going to try in that moment and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, you'll adjust. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this show is all about going, going for it, right. And kind of doing, mm-hmm. doing your damn thing, whatever that may be. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So what is the, what's the damn thing that's at the top of your list right now? Like personally, I know professionally you're, you're kind of killing it, but like, mm-hmm. is there a personal goal that you're working toward? <sighs> There are so many. (laughs) I know I have a running list. Um, I mean, I think the personal goal is balance. I I tend to be very work centric. And so things, you know, I want to do things with our house. I want to travel more with my husband. I want to spend more time cooking. I want to like, part of me wants to become a sommelier just for kicks. Like I need, (laughs) um, I think finding balance is always the challenge. And 
you know, a lot of the time that means spending eight months with your nose to the grindstone, just working kind of nonstop and neglecting everything else. And then spending a few months, I'm, you know, we're, we're done shooting the Disney channel show in at the end of October. And it's going to be my first time sort of confronting the question of like, okay, so during the hiatus, do I scramble to find more work? Do I take some time to be at home? Um, the goal now, the damn thing that I'm working on doing now is finding the balance. Now that I've sort of stepped up to a new level in my career, there's a real temptation to just keep yeah. going more work, more work. I always want to be working. And there's a kind of terror too, of if I stop for a minute, will everyone forget about me? Um, and that's not healthy either. So, so the damn thing for me now is going to be finding the right balance. Well, that's very cool. Well, um, I'm also asking mm-hmm. folks now to give us one crazy but true fact about yourself. <laughs> um, that my car was once impounded for international drug trafficking. <laughs> okay. okay, there's a story there. What? How did that happen? Well, yeah, it wasn't me. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, after, between my junior and senior year of college, I got a job working Glacier National Park in Montana. Okay. Um, my best friend and I drove out there for Pittsburgh in my little Saturn. And very early on, before we started our jobs, she there was a boy she liked, and he wanted to go hiking with his friend. And she was like, can he borrow the car to go hiking? And I was like, okay. You know, it was a pretty new car, and I gave him a big lecture about, like, <laughs> don't, don't do anything to my car blah, blah, blah. And, um, so they went hiking a long time went by. It was pretty late at night. And one of them came back, <laughs> Only one of them. came up to me and he said, yeah. And he said, your car is fine. Jason's in jail. Oh my God. <laughs> we're like, oh, okay. And what had happened was they went, uh, they went hiking. They got hungry. The closest food was the dairy queen across the Canadian border. Uh. So they, Went, yeah, they went, they went, they tried to cross the border. One of them had some sort of problem with his record. They wouldn't let them in. So they turned them around to go back into the United States. They were training a new customs agent. They searched the car just to train this customs guy. And one of them had some marijuana on them that they forgot about. They were arrested oh, man. at the border. My car was impounded for international <laughs> drug trafficking. Um <laughs> I mean, there's so much then, you know, the next part of the story is bailing Jason out of jail because my friend was in love with him. And if he left, it was a whole, it was very exciting. Oh my God. But long story short, every time we went to Canada a lot because it was kind of the closest civilization. And every time we went, they stripped my car down to the frame because it had this record. And I was like, I never even had detention. I'm the... I'm the nicest, least criminal person you'll ever oh meet. But uh, but my car was a drug deal. <laughs> so funny. Uh, well, at least it was just the car, and it wasn't you. I could, you know. It's true. It's true. They there was a thing you could do with customs where, like, if you were going to go back and forth across the border a lot, you could do an interview to get kind of a fast pass. I'm oh, sure yeah. that's not what they call it. But you know, you go in for the interview. And so they were like, have you ever been convicted of a felony? And I was so determined to answer everything, you know, honestly and diligently that I was like a felony, a felony. And they were like, 
have you ever been arrested? I was like, no. They were like, then you have not been convicted of a felony. I was like, okay, okay. I've done that too, where it's like you, you know, for a minute, because I'm terrified of like being arrested or going to jail. Cause I just, I, I know yeah. I survive. And, um, I, I've done that too, where it's like for background checks. When they ask that question, I'm like, have uh-huh. I? And I'm like, well, and they're like, same thing. Like, have you ever been arrested? I'm like, well, no, but I did have to go to traffic yeah, court. You're like, I, I got a parking ticket one time. Is that a felony? I know. I'm like, it's like my registration was lapsed and there was like a warrant. Like, is that a thing? And you know, they're just like, no, again, those are not no. felonies. Yeah. Okay. Just make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're naive. You and I. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved what you heard, please subscribe, share with your friends or leave a review on iTunes. As we grow the show, I would love to hear from you. What damn thing did you accomplish this week? Is there a topic you're dying for me to explore on the show? Be sure to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Do The Damn Thing Show and let me know. I can't wait to connect with you and hear all about the action you're taking in your life. In the meantime, get out there and do the damn thing.